When Bally Sports announced bankruptcy, I said the Pelicans should bring everything in-house. Well, the Utah Jazz are doing just that. Are the Pelicans next? It's the Thursday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Thursday, we're going to take a break from free agency trade talks. If you want to know Everything going on with that, I got you covered earlier this week. We looked at free agent targets. We looked at trade targets, what the Pelicans could do this offseason, where they stand with the salary cap. Lo and behold, some of that news came out right after I talked about all that stuff. Not a coincidence there. So make sure you catch up on what they're trying to do with the center position in previous shows. But today, we're going to look at the broadcast. Bally Sports, y'all hate it. I don't particularly love it. And they're going bankrupt. So what could this mean for the Pelicans and the Utah Jazz have given us a blueprint? I think it's going to be successful. So are the Pelicans going to be next doing exactly what the Utah Jazz are, bringing everything in-house? And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free, not asking for your money or anything like that. There's just a show every single day of the week for y'all looking at Everything this Pelicans team is doing, giving you the insight you want to know, whether it's Zion, whether it's free agency, the draft, and what they might be doing. I got a few nuggets in here for you when it comes to their TV deal. Today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. So here's why we're talking about this the Utah Jazz are doing. Everything I have said that the Pelicans need to be doing and should be doing. And when Bally Sports Plus, Diamond Sports Group, Sinclair, however you want to look at it, announced they were going bankrupt, I said that's not a good thing for the Pelicans. When the Pelicans re-upped with Bally Sports Plus, we did a show after that too, where I gave you a lot of insight there. So what the Jazz are doing is they're essentially just parting ways with their RSN, the Regional Sports Network, and they're bringing everything in-house And it's with a new company called SEG Media, and they're going to produce games and new and exclusive content. And the best part of all of this is games will now be on local TV. The owner, Ryan Smith of the Jazz, says that if you have rabbit ears on your TV and you're in Utah, you're in their market, you're going to be able to get Jazz games. And if you don't have that, if you prefer to watch on a computer, something like that, you need a streaming option. Well, they'll have that too, so they're going to create an app. And what I love about this and what they're doing is, one, it gives them more control over this to produce really, really good content. And you see a couple of kind of in-house production companies with several teams already. The Memphis Grizzlies have one called Grind City Media, which is excellent. The Clippers have Clipper Vision, where they essentially do this too. And what this does is it broadens the reach Ryan Smith said that only 40% of people in the Utah Jazz market could actually watch their games. 
And he knows that this is going to be a financial hit in the short term. And the reason it's a financial hit is, well, those RSNs, regional sports networks, pay these teams millions of dollars for the broadcast rights to their games. The team just gets some checks. They don't have to do anything other than basically license out their rights. License out that. They get a check. They go play basketball games. They can focus on everything else other than this. As I talked about in February, I think it was, when Bally's was going bankrupt, you know, the Pelicans rely on that money. This is a big undertaking, not just a financial hit in terms of you lose that, that, that rights money you get, those lump sum payments in the millions of dollars. You also need to spend the money building out all of the infrastructure. You need to have a studio space to be able to do this. You need to have talent on air. You need to have producers, editors. It's a lot of work. A lot of people are involved in this sort of thing. And if you have those people, you got to pay them more because you're asking them to do more work. You got to hire new people. You might need to hire equipment, cameras, all of that. You know, you can do it kind of bare bones like we do here with a mic, a camera, a ring light, computer, and some other stuff. But even I spend money to make sure the, you know, the production quality is as high. It's about to go up a little bit too, and I'm excited. So this is a big financial burden. And losing the just guaranteed money means they're taking a short-term hit. But I loved what Ryan Smith said, and this is someone you can see is committed, loves the jazz, loves the fan base too, and said, can you real, really feel good about yourself if only 40% of people can watch your games? I love that. He's willing to lose money, at least right now, to make sure that people get this and just kind of do the right thing. This does impact the Pelicans in a couple ways. One, you would love to see the Pelicans do this, and I'll explain why, because I think it impacts the Pelicans in three really big ways, which we'll talk about next segment. And then in the third segment, we'll look at, you know, how this is actually like a true test of ownership, maybe even bigger than paying the luxury tax and what the Pelicans want to do. But you deserve this. We've seen this Pelicans fan base really want to be able to watch games, and it hasn't been easy to do at all. So let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans on, you know, why the Pelicans need to really look at this model and really consider it because not doing this and leaving things kind of as they are and having that lack of availability for people to watch games really does hurt them. The arena factors into this too. And so this is something that I think is a really important topic when it comes to the New Orleans Pelicans. And I'll give you the three big reasons for that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. And it's very simple. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part is you're not competing against other people. There's professional gamblers. There's people who play daily fantasy for a living. You're not doing that. It's just you versus the projections you see. More than that or less than that. And PrizePix offers projections on any sport you watch. The NBA might be over, but they got MLB. They've got everything you could possibly want to find. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And they also offer safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up, and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. 
Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. You want to know what's going on with the team? Become an everydayer. Shout out to everyone who posts in the comments that you are an everydayer. Let's me know on Twitter that you're an everydayer. Or if you see me in person, say hi. Let me know if you're an everydayer, if you are. And if you're not, become one. Or listen an extra day once per week because we got a lot of good stuff here. And, you know, places are scaling back their shows. I'm not. We're here Monday through Friday. No slowing down. Although we'll hit a point where we go to three days a week in the offseason. Even I need a little bit of a break at times but we're not there just yet and we got free agency and we'll give get dive more into that in tomorrow's episode for the everydayers of locked on pelicans if you want another listen today your second listen locked on nba covering the biggest stories i'm also on there on every wednesday so if you just need a recap on what's going on around the association locked on nba is the place to do it today though we're talking about valley sports plus and potentially the pelicans following the utah jazz model of what they're doing of bringing everything in-house, spending the money, and making the games available. And guess what? The Pelicans have looked into doing this. They looked at bringing everything in-house before re-upping with Bally's last year. I've talked about that a good bit in a couple previous shows. And I do think part of the reason they re-upped with Bally's, you know, beyond the reasons we've laid out, it was kind of a devil-you-know situation. I've been told that there was an offer with even more money on the table for him, but they decided that, you know, they don't really have a problem with Bally's. The look of it, the broadcast is fine. It's just the real accessibility of it, even if I disagree with that slightly. So it was kind of a devil you know situation, but I also think they re-up with Bally's because they know they can get out of the deal and bring everything in-house if they want. Essentially, they just bought themselves a little bit more time to look at the feasibility about all of this and what it would take. Because this is the future. What the Utah Jazz are doing is the future. You're seeing regional sports networks fail or just not wanting to be in this business because it's just not nearly as profitable as it once was. So you can either be part of the future and ahead of the curve or behind and kind of scrambling should you know the rug get yanked out from underneath you. And I don't think the Pelicans want to do that. And I think they realize that. And again... They looked at bringing everything in-house. I just don't think they were ready to do it just yet. And you've even seen a little bit of a test with this. You remember the preseason game in Birmingham last year? That was on Fox 8 here in New Orleans. They broadcast it through a local channel that everyone was able to watch if you had rabbit ears. Just saying, that seems the likelihood of what would end up happening if the Pelicans go this way. So they need to do this, right? You know, again, there's a big upfront investment cost, but they looked into it and they simply want to have a better and more accessible product to fans. You know, Bally Sports Plus still isn't or Bally Sports isn't on YouTube or Hulu. And one of the big things is cord cutting. And this is what I mean by this is the future. Cord cutting is increasing every single year. And one of the things is I think we did hit a tipping point on this recently. Recently, more people don't have cable than do. It had previously hovered around like 60% still have a cable package and people who just do pure streaming like myself were in the minority, even if it was a kind of larger minority like that. That's shifted now. We're over the 50% mark of people who've cut the cord. That's big. You can't ignore it anymore. And now you're playing to a minority instead of the majority if you're trying to make money, which is what a lot of this is about. That ain't how you do it. So this is the future and the Pelicans definitely want to be involved with that. The second point is 
as I said, there were three. The Pelicans are not one of the more profitable teams. The Smoothie King Center, something I've talked about here on the show and a lot over the past couple of years, doesn't deliver the kind of revenue they want, hence a lot of conversation around the arena. But they're kind of squeezed in two bad ways here, right? So you don't get much revenue from the TV deal, one, because it's just a little bit smaller than others, and because of how inaccessible it is. So you get less money, fewer money, less money from your corporate partners and advertisements and things. And you're not driving people to the arena because the arena isn't a draw. One of the reasons you get one of those new fancy arenas is it makes people want to go. When I, you know, I said this before, when I went to the Tulane Cotton Bowl game, one of the draws was I, w- I wanted to go see the Cowboys Stadium, even though it's over a decade old at this point, I think. I'd never been. I just kind of wanted to see this marvel and go. And that was a draw. Having a fancy new arena is a draw for people that just want to see this thing. So if your arena is not a draw and people aren't watching it on TV as much because they can't, you're missing out on so much money and so much revenue. And that holds the team back. One of two franchises that has never paid the luxury tax. So it tied, it's tied into that. If you had a fancy arena that was selling out with good attendance and tons of other money, maybe you're less worried about the TV side of things. Maybe not, but you get what I'm saying. And three is you're killing future revenue. You know, people who are more invested buy more things. They buy jerseys, hats, shirts, merchandise. And if they care about the team and they're investing in them, and that's what you all do. You invest in this. You spend a currency with them. It's an emotional currency. It's a mental currency. They're on your mind. They send out surveys like what percentage of your weekday are the Pelicans on your mind, right? That's valuable. That's a commodity. You're, you're spending that. You're investing that in the team in hopes of getting something out of it. And if you can't watch games, you're probably not going to invest as much financially and emotionally. And so it hurts them. It doesn't continue to build the fan base. And I've, one thing I've been saying for a long, long time here, and I've been interviewed in multiple places around the country with this, is you know, you're looking for a second or third generation of Pelicans fans that exists, but maybe not on the level that people would have wanted. And that was partially because they just weren't good. Partially because when they did move here, you know, a lot of people just didn't totally care for the first couple of years, let's say, and kind of, you know, they haven't been good. So people weren't going to games. So you don't have that same kind of emotional investment that's being passed down from like parents to their children. Well, the games are on TV every single day and people are watching them or every single game, you know, you build a lot of that. And so you need to do something like this. You need to make sure people have eyes on you. And the more eyes on you, the more revenue you make, the more profitable the team is, and maybe the more you can invest on the actual type of performance on the court, like paying a luxury tax. It is all tied together. It's all tied together. And this is really going to be the true test of ownership. And what do I mean by that? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, no, I don't have another read. Okay, sorry. Before I get to that, make sure Locked on Pelicans is your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. We'll break down any free agent signing. We'll probably, if anything really happens on Friday, have have an emergency show, a bonus show on Saturday or Friday night to kind of recap all of that. I'm going to be really excited. I don't know if they'll do a whole lot, but we'll be here covering it. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, exclusively part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And make sure you're an everydayer so you know what's going on with this team. 
and listen to Lockdown NBA next. Go listen to the Wednesday episode. Nailed something on there. Nailed something on there. John Krause, my co-host, and I were saying, like, it's kind of absurd teams don't actually have the full CBA yet. They need this. And teams were like, we need this. And then the NBA was finally like, yeah, we'll send out the whole 672-page document, 692-page document, which I've got a fun weekend ahead of me and some reading material, even though I think we know kind of the main beat points and some of the minutia for people like us isn't as important. So today we're talking about the Utah Jazz. Really kind of... I think setting the standard for the rest of the league on what they need to be doing and what teams will be doing. I do think in some capacity, I don't know if it's exactly going to be like this. These type of this type of situation is going to be the future. Just blast it out there. Give everyone the option to watch your games. They become more invested. They're more likely to attend games if they're capable of doing that. They're more likely to buy merchandise. So you take a short term hit by not getting the millions of dollars in the rights fees, but you make it up significantly over the long term and in a much more sustainable way. That's important. We all just want to watch these games so easily. And the team has, not the team, Bally's has not made that simple. And I don't look, I don't love that Bally's is going bankrupt. People are going to lose their jobs. People I know, people who I think are awesome. And that sucks. Like, I really hate this. I hate that this is where we are, but it is also the reality of where we are. So the Utah Jazz are spending the money up front to do this. I'm also excited for the type of content I think you could see. You know, when you look at the Pelicans, do you watch their pregame show? Do you know there's a pregame show? Do you turn games on at 6 instead of 7 o'clock to see what's there? You know, do you go to pelicans.com for whatever type of content they have? You know, I think it's awesome that Larry Nance Jr., Trey Murphy, and CJ McCollum go into Chris Connor's spaces the other day. But that's kind of rare. What if you got that type of access much more often? That's the Pelicans' biggest advantage, and you don't always see that from them. Partially just they don't have the stuff in place for it. You know, would you like more X's and O's breakdowns or hearing the coaches talk about that a little bit more? They can do that because they have access to those people. I request a coach get shot down. I request a player on here, and I do get shot down, and it's fine. That, but they have easier access, and you get to... All of that. And it's a great product and something people really want. There's insight there. You see other teams do this, and it's not something that the Pelicans do particularly well. A number of teams do. It's one of the, the, the flaws of the Pelicans right now and areas of opportunity to improve. And I think this is something they know and something they want to do more of. And I think you'll probably see some tests of stuff like this over the summer as well. And more little tests like they did with the preseason game you know, in the future, whenever the Bally sports stuff really starts to get sorted out. But this is going to be a true test of ownership because this is going to be an expensive undertaking. Are they willing to do that or they just want to kind of ride as is? Are they willing to spend the money building out studio space? Are they willing to spend the money to bring in new talent? I don't even mean this is like a plug for me, even though I've worked with them in the past. You know, are you going to Put your people that you have in positions to succeed and make the kind of content and give them the creative freedom that people want. And I think if you do that, you're going to build such a strong product that, man, it makes me worried for Locked On Pelicans, to be perfectly honest with you. So I think this is a huge opportunity for them, but it costs so much money. Camera equipment is expensive. Hiring full-time employees is not just their salary, right? It's benefits and the fringe and all of that stuff that goes into that. This starts to get to be not just like a multi-million dollar investment, but a 
tens of million dollars investment when you're also losing money. So if you're not getting, say the rights are 10 million per year, and I don't, I have no clue what the money is. And then you're spending 10 million. That's a net difference of 20 million. That's a lot. That's a lot. Does that impact what you can do on the court? I don't know. It might, it might. And those are the type of things that worry me. And so, you know, we've always wondered, you know, does ownership truly want to do this right? And I think they do. I do think that they do. And look, they truly say basketball in New Orleans. And I've seen people say like, if Gail won't pay the luxury tax, she should sell the team and all of that. You know, no, no, because there's no guarantee the team will stay in New Orleans then. That is the, you, there's at least right now, there's zero guarantee of that. In the future, there could be less. That's tied to an arena, I think. But, and then that opens up a whole other can of worms with sovereign wealth funds and something that I want to get into at some point over the summer. I think that's a real, if we're looking at like real pessimistic about the team staying in New Orleans, there, there's a scenario that's like terrifies me actually. Neither here nor there for right now. So I think, you know, they're important to have the, the, this current ownership here, but you've got to do these other things right too to make sure you have the best product and not just have people be grateful that the team is here. That's not right to do by the fans. And if you want to make this as profitable as possible, it's time to start investing in the fan base, which is what bringing things in-house and producing good content for them does. That's what this is. The fan base is there. Trust me, I see it on the Locked On Pelicans numbers. You know, Locked On Pelicans, of all of our team shows on YouTube, has the six most subscribers out of all 30 teams. Think about that for a second. That's not a me thing. That's a, that's a you thing and your passion. I can tell you all the numbers here. You know, like 4 million views, listeners in the past like year combined. It's insane. There is so much potential here. And everyone's kind of crying out for it and like no one gets it. No one's giving it to the, giving the people what they want. And so I hope the Pelicans do the right thing. And the Jazz being a small market team with an owner who has a smaller net worth than Gail Benson does, it seems to be doing it. And I love that. Now, a lot of Gail Benson's wealth comes from the Saints. And if you take that away, I believe it's probably less than Ryan Smith and what he has. But you get the idea that. They're investing in this and kind of building things properly, you know, building a sustainable future for their their fan base. And I hope the Pelicans start to look at that. And I do think they're going to do that. As I said, they looked into bringing everything in house last season. And I do think they re-upped with Bally's because they could get out of this and do this sooner rather than later. If you sign a deal with someone else, another company, would you be able to get out of it and do this if that's what it ends up being what you wanted to do? And the answer to that is no. So I think this wasn't just take some money and deal with Bally's and we don't care about the fans. There, there was some strategy behind it. We'll see what they do though. The Utah jazz really setting a good example and probably kind of really being forward thinking and being the first NBA team to try and do this. The Suns tried to do it too. It's kind of caught up in litigation. they will be a real big test market if they can get out of that. Cause they're with Bally sports. Well, Pelicans could probably do the same thing, but it also seems like Bally sports plus might, you know, Bally sports, I should say not plus that's the app you know, has ways to get out of it and things like that as well. So we'll see what happens. But this is this is the future, and I hope the Pelicans take advantage of that because you all deserve that for sure, and it should be easier for you to do it. But I am skeptical right now, but consciously optimistic when it comes to all of that. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Tomorrow, if you're an everyday, we'll get back to free agency talk, get you set for 
the weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Deals are going to be flying. What's it going to tell us about the league? What might the Pelicans do? I think that could be quiet. Could also not be quiet. We'll see. Maybe they get really aggressive. That could be a lot of fun. We'll be here to cover it all, so make sure you're an everydayer so you don't miss it. On Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.